I'm doing I'm doing the alternate bit. Uh, hi everybody, welcome to the Your Parents Watch This podcast, brought to you by Comedy Here Off, and I'm your host Brad Semantuck. I would like to start the episode this week by taking credit and responsibility for any and all unsolved crimes in Canada. I did it. I'm sorry. Uh, th- I'm here with my co-host Kean Beatty. We got a guest this week. Why don't you tell the folks a little bit about him? Uh, it's Simon Glassman. And. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, local caricature artist. Go on. Comedian. It's nice. Cyclist. Cyclist. One of my bigger credits. <laughs> <laughs> the former co-host of a local comedy night. Oh, yeah. And the former... Is your podcast still going? No, I, I stopped doing my podcast. And the former host of a podcast named after the movie we're going to do, uh, Jurassic Park. <laughs> this leads me nicely into saying that we're going to be doing Jurassic Park this week. Perfect segue. Beautifully planned. Yeah, it came out in 1993, directed by Steven Spielberg. It's about a pragmatic paleontologist visiting an almost complete theme park that is tasked with protecting a couple of kids after a pow- power failure causes the dinosaurs to run loose. Yep. Now let me ask you guys a question. This is for the group, just to start us off. What does Jurassic even mean? Ooh, really good question to start us off. Uh, let me see. It, it's, it has to do with dinosaurs and the era, the Jurassic period, when dinosaurs could just get any pussy they wanted. Whatever pussy. Like Stegosaurus, Triceratops. Well, you those name are it. only other dinosaurs. Yeah. So that's not whatever pussy. That's dinosaur pussy. It'd be different. No, if they no, were they could time travel. And they, like they could time travel. Birds or whatever. They could fuck a bird. Well, they could, but were they? Yeah. And that's what Jurassic means. That means that's what Jurassic <laughs> means. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, glad we got that answered. Why do you like this movie? The, uh, for the people who don't know, this is—is is this your favorite movie of all time? I think it's empirically the best movie of all time. What? Wh- how come you think it's empirically the best? I, I think that uh, the intersection of everything that is could potentially good about movies is at its uh, zenith. Not in every form, but uh, it's a good romantic comedy. It's a good scary movie. It's a good adventure movie, and it all, all, like those are. Uh, it can be outclassed in other on all those categories, but never have they all been intertwined together in uh, just like a complete mosaic of maybe uh, just the most enjoyable and uh, most cathartic and most like intertwining themes of any film. What are some of the themes of Jurassic Park? Are you fucking stupid? Dinosaurs is one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> dinosaurs is not a theme. <laughs> yes, it is. The whole movie was about dinosaurs. It's called Dinosaur Park. Yeah, you can't be... Uh, you, Goodfellas isn't... One of the themes is gangsters. <laughs> yes, yeah, it, it is. is. That's oh, yeah, also that's one of the example. themes of Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> well, crime, it's not the actual thing that's in the movie. It's what they do. Yeah, and you're telling me that... So what, you're, you're trying to say science is the theme of Jurassic Park? Well, I think that man's meddling with science. Yes. That totally. would be a theme. Yeah. But saying, like, one of the themes of Jurassic Park's, Park is science would be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to help Seems here. Seems like a lot of physics would have went into this movie, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I refuse to be patronized by somebody <laughs> sitting cross-legged on a chair. What do you want? <laughs> I had to move all you my shit like so you could sit next to me on a love seat. Gaily levitating. Like a statue of Buddha right now. I'm chilling is how I'm sitting right now. I'm sitting like a chill guy. Oh, man. If Buddha had a podcast, it would be better than this. 
No, it wouldn't. And don't say that. Sorry. Sorry. Our sponsors will drop us. If, if Buddha had a podcast. Who's your if our sponsors find a out bank. that there's another goddamn podcast in the world, they're dropping us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, also, one of the reasons I like it so much is that I was able to like really relate with all of the different characters at different stages of my life. Like When I was like a little kid, I saw it in theaters with my dad. Uh, I was like probably like uh, 10 years old. I... Like, I really related with the kids, and then I got cool, and I thought, like, oh, Jeff Goldblum's Jewish and cool. I thought, I think he's cool. And I started thinking, like, John Hammond is cool because, like, he's sort of, like, this tragic figure who, like, meddled and uh, was uh, too, his hubris ended up bringing him down. And now, as a man in my mid-30s, I, I probably most relate with, the like, the cow that's lowered into the rafters <laughs> then. <laughs> I I do think it's interesting the thing about it's a good amalgamation of like all the genres of movies. I didn't think of that while I was watching it, but I I, I agree with you. There was like I, you know, we know that I'm not a movie guy on this podcast. Uh there was no hilarious point. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> there was no but there was no point in this movie where I thought to myself, oh, here comes the movie bullshit again. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I love about it, too. It feels like a new movie. Like, uh, even when you watch, like, Scarface or, like, fucking... What's a, what's another good movie? Like Avatar? Avatar. It's, it just feels like you've seen the movie before you've been, like, you're you're watching it. Yeah, it's kind of like American Sniper in that way. Yeah, uh, like I American read Sniper. The book. Did you actually read American Sniper? Yeah, it's my favorite movie. Really? Yeah, I think it's empirically the best movie ever. (laughs) (laughs) And show your work. Um, Well, because it's like it has everything that a great movie would have, right? Shooting kids, um, hiding on the roof. And I don't even believe that you watch the movie hiding on the roof. Let me finish. And one of those scenes where it's a gunfight in between hanging sheets. You know, those scenes. That <laughs> those are actually pretty sick. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Except this one, they switched it up. It was a sniper fight instead of a pistol fight, which I appreciated. Also, that leads me into a great question I have about this movie. How come in every movie when something goes wrong, it's near a clothesline? You guys ever notice that? Did that happen in this movie, too? Yes. When the dinosaurs started, like... Uh, I don't know, when he first like broke out. Yeah, when that Italian family of dinosaurs started fighting <laughs> in old New York. Yeah. Yeah. No, this actually happened no, in this movie. No, there's no clothesline in Jurassic yes, Park. Is. Where? In the fucking Jurassic Park. Okay, and specifically when? Right, whatever, dude. Fuck it. Cut that out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like this movie. Did you watch... Um, You've seen the first Westworld. Yep. What what do you think it is about Michael Crichton that he just had to take another fucking whack at that? Because it's just like an amazing idea. It's like uh, you can't like look at Jurassic Park and be like, why do you even do this? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Well, I just the, part of why I appreciate this movie. It's so like much. we could rattle off like five other things with the exact same premise off the top of our head. No, That'd that's be really fair. cool. Avatar, um, the yeah. Bible. Uh, yeah, you go to Avatar World, uh, medieval world, like anything world is. It's a fun thing. No, you're right. It absolutely is. I just, I'm, I'm happy that he committed to it that hard, and I also like that he uh, uh, fixed the shortcomings of Westworld in this movie. Well, yeah, the Westworld movie is fucking not very good. The first hour of it is amazing, and then the last forty minutes of it sucks ass. Yeah, Yul Brenner does look like a robot though. 
Yeah, but that was just a coincidence. That has nothing to do with. He looks like a robot I could talk out of chasing. Him, really. <laughs> it's not a very like. <laughs> he looks look like one evil. of those robots. Do you like not? <laughs> hey man, why don't you think about how this affects me? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was funny that uh, Michael Crichton directed Westworld and then sucked. And then for this one, they were like, we're going to get Steven Spielberg to do it. Yeah, there's actually like a lot of other directors that were really close to directing it. Did Michael Crichton want to direct this one himself, do you know? No, I think he learned his lesson. He's a man of science, and trial and error would play a part in it. And that's how science plays into the themes of this movie. That's true. But it was uh, originally going to be uh, Joe Dante. I think Paramount wanted that, uh, that to happen. Uh, Joe Dante, famous director of Gremlins and others. Didn't he write Inferno? No. Boom, baby. Classic literature bit. Really good. Yes. And then also James Cameron almost uh, directed it, which... I think you know, I would have preferred if James Cameron directed this. It was going to be hard R, so was all the dinosaurs were going to say the N-word the whole time. <laughs> no, it was going to be called Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, I'm the he's joke guy Spanish. on the show. Cameron. <laughs> James Cameron. Um, yeah, it's hard not to think that it would be a better movie with James Cameron. I think James Cameron is just like such a cooler director than Steven Spielberg. I feel like they do that same kind of genre of just like, you know, epic fucking blockbuster movie. But James Cameron isn't afraid to show like harder murder on screen. Yeah, I actually saw an interview with James Cameron and Steven Spielberg just talking about like the prospect of James Cameron directing it. He was like... Man, I really wanted to direct it, and I, I probably would have killed it. But you, you did a good job, man. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was like a cunt to Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I mean, he deserves it. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, Steven Spielberg, honestly, anything that... What, what's he made recently? Oh, he's War had a rough, rough 20 years. He's, has, has, he's done Schindler's List and Jurassic Park and nothing else. Have you guys seen Schindler's List? I saw the last half of it and was like, oh, hey, Liam Neeson. I saw the first part and I was like, oh, that actually, uh, everybody Okay, so you good. give me your take on the first half and then Kian give me your take <laughs> on the last half and then we'll have a take on the movie. Uh, I liked the last half of it from my perspective. It just seemed like a bunch of workers not doing work by the end of it. They all left and they loved their boss and he went home. Well, that's doing socialism, baby. We're all for that on this podcast. How did um, it start? I'll, I'll say this as just a... Uh, a preface for my review of the first half of Schindler's List. A lot of Jews. Right? <laughs> you got to know. Go. You got to be cool with that yeah, going. Cool that going in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on Netflix when they yeah. have like uh, scenes of sexuality and also violence and also a lot of Jews and like little type. Yeah, when we call this a socialist podcast, we do mean national socialist. We want to make that very clear. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's not, can I tell you guys one of my favorite scenes in Jurassic Park? Yeah, please. Um, so they're given the, the tour at the start of the park, right? And the kid sees a velociraptor. He calls it a six foot turkey and then he laughs. And then the lead scientist just gets so mad and he starts traumatizing the boy by being like, if you ever got near a velociraptor, it would rip you in half so easily. I just think that's such a funny way for, like, a field trip guy, essentially, to talk to a kid. Well, I, I also just love that it's, like, a dinosaur that's, like, you know, been dead for millions of years. It's just, like, you're really you're really getting a little up in arms yeah, on behalf right. of the really velociraptor funny here. 
Yeah, there's like movie. zero chance that kid's ever gonna come across a velociraptor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this like, guy's just like, don't you fucking disrespect velociraptors <laughs> on my oh, watch. Oh, that velociraptor's not even that scary. You fucking idiot! <laughs> <laughs> you fucking know how dumpy. scary this thing is? <laughs> it sounds like he's just like afraid of velociraptors and doesn't yeah. like that this kid isn't also yeah. afraid of velociraptors. It's like when your mom's like trying to convince you to be as scared of heights like she is. <laughs> You're up really high. She's like, what if we fell off? Yeah, of exa- it's exactly <laughs> like that. He's just like, this Velociraptor is going to visit you every night in your dreams and rip you apart. Rip you to shreds with this claw I found. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that was awesome. I, I really quite liked that. It'd be a funny way for uh, other field trips to act, you know? Like, you go to the museum in elementary school and the museum employees like, you see this fucking arrowhead? I could shove this through your eye so easily. <laughs> you just this. like that. Right into your fucking you go to brain. The space and Science Museum, and he's like, Galileo will fucking rape you. <laughs> if you were in the back of this Galileo's weird helicopter bike thing, he would have thrown you out. <laughs> you think you fucking. Well, don't give a fuck. That kid. <laughs> They're all the same to me, bro. They're all Italians. <laughs> you, think, you think Leonardo da Vinci would take that kind of disrespect? I think Leonardo da Vinci designed that bike thing and then Galileo stole it. And I also <laughs> think a similar thing about uh, Godfather. <laughs> you look through da Vinci's drawings, it's like you getting fucked by a huge... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, da Vinci's got the perfect angles of how to fuck me. I would love if da Vinci's journals were just like all Galileo slander. <laughs> like this stupid fucking bitch thinks the stars are so fucking important that where the fu- the sun is the center of the fuck off, bro. And then he just like draws boners everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Galileo getting fucked by his telescope. <laughs> um yeah, I really liked how the portrayal of uh, k- uh, kids in this movie. I was talking to my roommate Mark before, and he was saying like, "What a good job the child actors did, just because you like didn't yeah. hate them at any points through this movie, which like really is all you can ask." Yeah, that's my next note. Actually, is at least the acting is good in this one. You know what I, I do oh, remember? Really good, yeah. I do remember like because wa- I like I also watched this was one of my probably my favorite movie as a kid. Like this and Harry Potter, the Philosopher's Stone just like took over yeah, it my totally childhood. Totally like takes away from this movie that you like that movie. What Harry Potter? Yeah, the fact I was like, oh man, maybe me and Keenan. Uh, no, no. I mean, I don't but like Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Uh, actually, it's the Sorcerer's Stone because they had to change it, didn't they? No, the movie version is the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah, I don't think it is. Calling him a philosopher was actually problematic, so they had to change it to sorcerer. That's yeah. a, a lot <laughs> I, of the same. I think you're all. I, I think actually, this is a mess. I'm 100. percent I recently right. went through a similar controversy. They uh, they had to start calling me wizard instead of my old two word title. What was your first two word title? Uh, the last word was wizard. <laughs> I don't really feel comfortable telling you the first word. Keen's looking it up, and he's like looking. Yeah, looking he's like embarrassed up. right now because he knows how wrong he is. He's yeah. smiling. He's like, oopsie. <laughs> Just fucking incorrect. Eat my dumb asshole, Simon. The Philosopher's Stone? No, they changed it to the Sorcerer's no, Stone. No, they didn't. Not according. You want to double check that for me, Brad? Did they change it to the Sorcerer's Stone? Listen, I, I like to try to be as unbiased as possible, but that does say philosopher on that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should change this. Uh, because it's not a video podcast, we could just make reality ourselves. <laughs> Welcome to Bastard Radio. I'm your host, The Bastard. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sad that I don't have any parents. <laughs> what about that for the intro? Anyway. Um, start the show with like, 
I'm a really big guy. <laughs> I'm super strong. And I'm wearing a shirt that only, my nipples are kind of poking out. Yeah. I'm wearing I got a, a big shirt old beard. It doesn't look like a baby's shirt that was extended into an adult's shirt. It looks like a shirt that a grown man would pick out for himself. Welcome to the Cool Guy Podcast. Uh, here's my question. Of, who's the wealthy benefactor of this? Like the guy who wears all white. What's his name? John Hammond. That was my question. <laughs> <laughs> no. You're asking not even trivia. Just general IMDb facts. Um, my real question is, do you think John Hammond is an allegory for Jeffrey Epstein? Let me pitch you. Because he wears <laughs> nothing but white. Before right? you even need to say anything, you're right. Yes, I am. Because he wears nothing but white. He has his own private island. Okay, uh, He flies everywhere in a helicopter. Probably Lolita, has a flight Lolita log in copter. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lolita going slow instead of the Lolita Express. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And also, <laughs> uh, when you get to his private island, he has a weird like uh, like temple thing built into a mountain, which I don't know if you guys ever looked at the pictures of Jeffrey Epstein's island, but also so did he. So I think, you know, the evidence is pretty conclusive. Also, I, underground dungeon where he fucks all the baby dinosaurs. <laughs> I mean, that's what I was assuming was in that temple. I would have liked if they gave him like one of those quarter quarter zip fleece jackets <laughs> that Jeffrey Epstein always wore, or like a sweatsuit with his initials on both parts. Yeah, of it. yeah, exactly. You know, just something really push it over the edge. Stop making him wear button downs. People don't wear those. I would have liked if they gave him an eccentric girl sidekick. Did you guys notice that all of the dinosaurs are trans? No, elaborate. Uh, yeah, because they got the frog DNA, and the frogs will sometimes swap genders, like. Uh, they they're half like the actual dinosaurs and half like the frogs. Oh, is so a lot of the dinosaurs. That's how they ended up breeding in the wild. I didn't realize that because that was like kind of my uh, big, uh, I guess, a little small issue with this movie was that like because they all the dinosaurs like they set up at the beginning that they're all females so that way they can't uh, get pregnant um, because all the dinosaurs are straight and girls. So that's it's impossible. And then, um, <laughs> well, even if the dinosaurs were lesbians, they could, right? It's not like they're doing in vitro dino. Well, you never know. All the dinosaurs are scissoring. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I, I just liked that uh, at one point, Jeff Goldblum was like, hey, you should be careful. Uh, you know, life finds a way. And then that was it. Yeah. Like they, 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 all the dinosaurs got pregnant and had eggs or whatever. It's kind of like your friend giving you advice after you just told him you haven't been using condoms. But it's like not even like clear advice or like any real explanation. It's just kind of a nice little saying, life finds a way. And yeah. then you're like, oh, fuck shit. Life did find a way. Yeah. It yeah. turns out if you just say quotes whenever anyone talks to you, you're pretty much right usually. Yeah. Because like philosophically, that's that's probably like the, the main uh uh, element the the main character arc for Jeff Goldblum is that he's so so like philosophical and so uh, this idea of chaos theory is so like it's impossible to really pin down that he's always right and they make fun of it like when they uh, they're all getting out of the car and he's like and now I'm uh, uh, talking to myself yeah yeah and like he and that's uh, how he ends up nearly dying is he sees uh, our our main hero when he takes out the the flare to try and distract from the the T-Rex, uh, Jeff Goldblum takes out another flare, and it's really just to look cool. Yes. He just wants to be a hero also. Yeah. And he nearly dies because of it. And it's like, that's he gets his whole character arc in the first, like, like, like 30, 40 minutes of the movie. So yeah. is Jeff Goldblum us? 
I was the main character who saved the day. I don't know about you. You might be Jeff Goldblum. Well, is Jeff Goldblum's character doing what we do on this podcast? Just sort of virtue signaling and then kind. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum to say one hundred percent. Jeff Goldblum's character would have a completely intolerable podcast. Jeff Goldblum's (laughs) character would be part of the intellectual dark web. He'd be on Joe Rogan, and Joe Rogan would be like, "Oh, that's fucking interesting." (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Joe Rogan would be letting him pour water down either side of his hand. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, tiny. uh, Problems with my hand is making water go weird? Jamie, get over here. Let him do it to your (laughs) hand. (laughs) Now, here's the thing is we're members of the intellectual light web, right? Intellectual white web. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's actually the name of the next Spider-Man sequel. (laughs) I would love it if Peter Parker got really into online forums. (laughs) Because he seems like the type of guy who would just like have some opinions about women's place in the world. Yeah, Spider-Man seems like he'd be an incel. Oh, man, Spider-Man <laughs> just getting really into QAnon? <laughs> yeah, I would love that. The next Spider-Man movie, it opens with him just, like, in a U-Haul office making a rental under a fake <laughs> <laughs> Shitting on Nancy Pelosi's desk. <laughs> like a big, like, Which swirly... superhero would have been most likely to raid the Capitol? Captain America? Yeah, I mean, I think that he represents uh, the conservatives of America. You're right, actually, yeah. He would have been he there. he represents the uh, Democrats. Well, I think that uh, Tony Stark represents the Democrats. Me and Hillary Clinton are both Captain America. (laughs) (laughs) You zord up like robots? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We both have big shields that we carry. I don't think we made enough of the fact that a lot of the dinosaurs are trans. I think that should be mentioned. Well, that's good, right? Well, but that's also Elliot Page of Sorosai. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know... that feels a very much like you're reading in between the lines, though. Like they also, definitely no, they are they are trans. Like they they switch switch uh, genders. Like also, I don't throughout. think that's how being trans works for humans. Like I don't think you can become trans and then get pregnant. Uh, well, they s- change genders. I mean, trans is like I'm I'm using that colloquially, but it's like you know what I mean. Yeah, they change genders, and it's like what what do we call that then? I don't know. The old frog? switcheroo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's good. What do you think about it? Probably the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Just going based on what you generally think. <laughs> it's probably I am a bad pro take. trans dinosaurs. You think they're angry when they're hungry. Imagine if you mix up their pronouns. Am I right? <laughs> um. um. Yeah, uh, when I watched this movie, we were saying before how you identified with the kid when you watched this movie. I remember when I was like eight watching this, I was just like mad at the kid for like embarrassing himself, like for being like too talkative and not being able to hang out with the dinosaur doctor. I just very distinctly remember, oh, like, yeah. man, I would be, uh, we'd be riffing so oh, hard. You'd be I'd know how to, it. I'd be know how to hang. It. Like if I if I showed up, I, I'd play it so cool. You'd make him come to you. Exactly. I play very hard to get, as you do with older men often. I'm, yeah, I know how to lure an older man. Yeah, if I was that kid, I would have had a wire. I would have done everything <laughs> exactly the same, but I would have recorded it just oh. in case. Also, their relationship it got a little weird as they were surviving through that movie. Well, it's, it becomes like a paternal thing. That's why his character arc is so great. He hates kids, and he gives into his biology, and that's such a, like a great... I get that, but the, it shouldn't be... Or is it an allegory for Jeffrey Epstein? Like, I just... I mean, it is, because it's not his fucking kids. It's just like, I get that you have paternal instincts, but like, those aren't your kids. Stop trying to cuddle them high up in the trees, is kind of how I feel. Well, they, they cuddle him. 
I'm, I'm yeah, but and then I would have been like, hey, look, you know, you could say that anything happened up here. There's no witnesses. Yeah, Simon, you got to sleep a lot in like that victim tree. <laughs> Imagine you doing. get attacked by dinosaurs on a, like a field trip. That's the second worst <laughs> thing that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I just feel like they should be careful. I like I growing up. I had a lot of male teachers who wouldn't be in the same room with like just one on one with a kid. Maybe this maybe this guy should have a similar similar attitude going i kind of think that's an insane way for a teacher to act though like i was with you until you said that and then i'm like eh, maybe they shouldn't be so incriminating obviously. but that's the point is like they're not letting themselves be in a position to be incriminated but what's more incriminating being like uh yeah i'll help you with your homework or being like stay the fuck away from me 200 feet at all times yeah. that's what the contract said <laughs> well then i feel like you would know for sure that guy's not doing anything yeah, fair enough. Then yeah. that's that's a safe man right there. But also a like a very defensive man too. Like if I uh when Brad was uh like 7, you know, 3 years ago and Teen, I was hanging out 17. with him. 17. And when I was hanging out with him, I would be like I couldn't cuddle him or Yeah, if but I was like get the fuck away from me. I don't want to fuck you. Ugh. That's a terrible life. Okay, but like I just think it's a little <laughs> creepier if you're like, "Oh, you're sleepy? Here, rest." Ever so slightly, just on my chest here. But do it's you like, hear my oh heartbeat? Man, that, Let that it sucks. send you to sleep. Culture sucks that it's like now perverted for like that man to love those kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, culture is <laughs> fucked. <laughs> it's like I don't know. He genuinely loves them. Like they, he saved their lives, and like I mean, I agree, <laughs> and like I get like. Well, who, hold on. Though, I think that they set it up in the movie to be as not creepy as it possibly can. I'm just looking at it with the lens of the 20th century of everybody's trying to lure kids places, and it's like a little. A little it's also like weird. if you're the scientist responsible for this catastrophe, and there are also kids there, it's just your job to save the kids, right? Yeah. It's not your job to cuddle them necessarily, right? Like it, it's like they're cold. They need to sleep, and like I don't. He, he does mouth to mouth on them too. Yeah, that was yeah, that, that was my like next big point. Yeah, pretty pretty gay. <laughs> if I ever see a kid that needs mouth to mouth, sorry, you let them die. I'll be at the funeral. My apologies. <laughs> All you needed to do was say to save this child was to touch them once. And uh, you're like, I'm not fucking. Into I'm not that. taking any chances. Listen, and I'm pleading the fifth too. I, I won't even admit that I was there. You're a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I am not touching this fucking kid. You he's can all doctor. see. He, he's, he has asthma. Just put the puffer in. Kids like, I'm not fucking gay, dude. <laughs> I'm not touching this boy's lips. Kid starts choking in front of me. I'm like, I'm not talking to you without a lawyer present. <laughs> you just need to sign this NDA. <laughs> just put it. Next. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's uh, one for the fans to hash out in the comments section. You know, was this guy <laughs> was this guy trying to get in there, or was he just being a good father figure? Yeah, I think it depends on what happened after the movie, because you didn't really see like maybe like actually on the I know because uh, the they I think they give a synopsis of what happens to the characters after. Oh, really? What what does of the new movie is going to have uh, the fuck? What's the the main character's name? I can't remember. Doctor Strange. Yeah, Doctor yeah, Strange. <laughs> Dr. Strange and like uh, uh, the bitch, the, <laughs> the blonde lady, they don't end up getting together even. I thought they were already together. I, that movie. I I think that they were like had a thing, but like not actually like he was he had commitment issues. Mm. And then like she really wanted to convince him to have a kid. And then they didn't end up having a kid after the movie. That's very real. Yeah, it's, it's a, a bummer because it kind of negates the movie. 
Sorry? A lot of girls have been trying to convince you to have a kid with them. Yeah, they just won't stop. Um, but no, I just like the idea that, uh, you know, it doesn't you fucking work out. You as a dad is so funny to think about. So what? You as a dad is so funny to think about. Shut up, Simon. <laughs> well, I'm like, you wore shorts to this business meeting, <laughs> Okay, first of all, these are dad shorts. Those are kids' shorts, and we all know. Dad that. shorts are made out of khaki, not sweatpants. Dad shorts go below the knees. Yours are well, you guys have a lot of opinions top. about how dads dress. Dad shorts don't have suspenders attached to them like yours do. No, there's no video element to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they can do whatever they want with me. Dad shorts don't match the propeller hat. The dad's also <laughs> I don't. What the fuck? <laughs> oh man. Um, I'll tell you a character I did uh, sort of. I don't, I don't want to say I hated him, but like it took me a while to warm up to him. Was the Hawaiian shirt guy? Which one was the Hawaiian shirt Newman. guy? Newman. Oh, Newman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he was like the villain of the movie. You weren't supposed to warm up to him. Oh, well, I did in the end. So <laughs> I, I guess I fucked up watching this. What did you like about him? Uh, I just kind of liked his energy. Once he put on that raincoat, like, I just liked what he was doing out there. Just being in a rush? He just kind of won me over with Panicking his... and fucking everyone over? Yeah, he just, like, with his, like, overwhelmedness. I just kind of felt like me. I he, could empathize with He's actually, with like, that. quite good in the movie. He Honestly, he played, he, he captured that energy of just, like, being frantic so goddamn well. Yeah. And, like, you know, because he, he makes the call and he has, like, 15 minutes to uh, steal all the dino DNA and get off the island. And they're, like... Oh, oh he, and he like normally needed 20 to do it or whatever. I bet you he wasn't even in the original version. They were just like, we should have like a fat guy doing a lot of moving around. <laughs> 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 yeah, and that taught our parents to uh, start the fatriarchy. Uh, but also, I guess he his uh, his storyline kind of relates to the theme also where it's like his cap the capitalism of like uh, he wanting him uh, socialism remember guys yeah we're doing that uh he wants more money and so he ends up fucking everybody over and it's it's just one person's greed that ends up uh killing i guess only one person who cares yeah, yeah. i mean this oh wait also samuel jackson does samuel l jackson die yeah you see his arm it's uh when he's coming out when uh, laura laura dern is coming into the the generator room yeah he, she sees a black guy's hand uh, on her shoulder and she's like oh mr arnold and it's just like a severed arm do you guys remember that fuck yeah i remember that and scene. also I just proves realize... that there's only one black guy on the <laughs> that they knew who he was <laughs> man that sucks that's yeah, actually I, I, a brent constantine joke well then you're a thief yeah, yeah i'm gonna you're a him. racist and a thief i'm gonna email him because this is too serious for a text um <laughs> Yeah, I I, I, I just missed that. I, I didn't realize that uh, they they explored the fate of Samuel L. Jackson through this. But yeah, he dies off screen very unceremoniously. That is unceremonious because he was good in this. I liked the, I liked the way that he uh, just hopped on Newman's workstation and was like shitting on him for uh, keeping it so dirty before he like kept trying to fix everything. And he was like smoking cigarette filters, <laughs> which I appreciate. Like that's how you know you've had too if, much. Uh, Newman walked in while Samuel Jackson was doing that, and was like. Oh really? My work I I fucking work so much harder than you. You're <laughs> yeah. only here because of a diversity quota. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be awesome if they started covering <laughs> affirmative action in Jurassic Park. <laughs> I think this movie is a a good allegory for how or a good like whatever 
I don't like that word anymore, but it's a good way of showing like how man's hubris is going to destroy man. But also, I, I don't like how when they make movies about that, the day always gets saved. Because it's like, it sets in my mind that, like, it sets in people's mind that, like, oh, yeah, things are fucked, but it's going to be fine. That good will triumph over evil always, when yeah. really it's, uh, no. This movie I was, should I was have ended sadder, that, I think. I was thinking about that yesterday, like, how, like, so many movies are about the end of the world, and they save the world from being ended, but you get, like, a little, little Susan, just, like, a little taste of what the world ending would be. Because yeah. ultimately, like, it, cu- it uh, boils down to like our own hubris and like we kind of want the world to end from our generation because of just ego and legacy and uh, like there's no way for us our, our expectations to actually be fulfilled in our lifetimes. So it's like, why not just end it all? But also we want to save it, too. We want to be the person who saves it and changes it at the same time. Yeah. And it's like weird because like movies, all movies, not all, but like a lot of them play off of that like really weird death instinct that we all have yeah i mean i don't like i don't think it's an ego thing and i don't think it's a legacy i agree with what you said but i just don't think it's a legacy thing because how can you have a legacy if everyone dies i mean legacy in like the broader sense like i uh like legacy as in like i don't want to be dead forever and like it's more it's almost more interesting to be like a person who is the last generation that exists and that's your legacy yeah i guess in our own heads maybe that's how we rationalize it maybe i'm thinking that yeah, subconsciously like, every time i start my car like deep subconscious i mean like in the the back of your mind like the things that you don't know that you even want yeah i just i i think it's interesting how like optimistic all these movies are i think they're like secretly optimistic because they're making a whole big point of showing how, like, the evil side of man or whatever. But then they're like, yeah, but don't worry. It's going to be, a, you know. Yeah, it's a, a for a, another great socialist word, very neoliberal. Yeah. And like it's getting also, your cake and eating it, too. It also assumes that these insane capitalists are going to see the world starting to end and then decide to change their ways, which is like because that's what happens in this movie. Stop that. Oh, sorry. Because that's what happens in this movie, right? Is the guy just like decides that he's going to stop the park. And uh, that's not what's happening in the world. Yeah. Well, I also like that he didn't stop his park. Like he just decided like it's fucked. And then he left like a T-Rex in the lobby of the main building and just helicoptered (laughs) off the island. Oh, he is not getting his deposit back. (laughs) Maybe this movie is predicting Elon taking us to Mars. Because that's a very rich guy move is just like once everything's fucked, be like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then go back to Chicago and start again. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, but it is like that's still optimistic to me because to me the real life like version of that is when climate change gets us we're all going to go to mars and like people genuinely think that you really think you're going to go to mars no i don't think i'm going i don't think any of us are going to I fucking think I'm mars. Going to mars it's mars it's mars the yeah. rover got fucked over there like people aren't making it over there but that's what it. that's just so what if, we tell us in a perfect world where you get a remake uh jurassic park would it be the dinosaurs get loose and kill everyone? Yes. It would be aquatic dinosaurs somehow evolve, and then they swim to the mainland and kill the world. And then that's how the movie ends. But uh, It would be a worse movie. I grant you that. Oh, but, yeah, uh, what I'm saying is like the, this movie, and I think a lot of movies, are able to capture the pessimism and, uh, pessimism and optimism. And it's like, 
one of the coolest things about uh, Spielberg as a director is that he's able to get you he he heightens every single emotion so like the funny parts in Jurassic there's funny parts in Jurassic it's a funny movie yeah like I and there's really sincere parts that are really sincere like really like hit you in the heart and the really scary parts like are really like traumatizingly scary for yeah. ge a whole generation of people and that's why I think it's empirically good uh, or empirically the best movie because of all of the different uh check marks that it, it hits that's true you know what i think would have been cool though or like a cool way to show you know what, how i would have did it though is like um well everything's going bad and the dinosaurs are about to like uh kill everybody they're they're optimistic the whole time and then they just die optimistic is what i think would uh be a that would are, be are, a you, are you thinking out. of it more as a satire then um no i'm just trying to think of it in a way that's like gives a real perspective i don't think the whole we're gonna save the day at the last second is like a good thing to keep saying over and over yeah and it happens in so many movies i bet you there's like a weird imprint in all of our like collective consciousness that like whenever something's really bad's happening something really good is actually gonna happen i mean yeah, I, mean, yeah, I definitely think give that. a fuck about anything that's happening yeah in the exactly world. it's that's so easy to write off right all now. problems because like all you see is movies where all that shit gets fixed yeah. And like if may, maybe if uh, maybe if every all the beloved characters in Jurassic Park died, we'd be fucking doing something about global warming. Well, I think that your uh, your your argument is more with movies in general than Jurassic Park. I also think that. Yes, because if like Jurassic Park is an excellent movie, like though that's literally yeah, the only thing I movie. think is kind of boring about that. And like. I don't know. It would be nice, as I said before, if James Cameron directed this, because I would have liked it if it was a little scarier. Um, but you like, you didn't think Jurassic Park was scary? I thought there was scary parts to it. I just feel like it could have been done better, and I think James Cameron could have done. It I don't know. Better. I think the the uh, the T Rex scene in Jurassic Park is the best scene in movies. T Rex scene is awesome. Specifically, the part that one shot. I I, I, I follow an Instagram that's just showing off the effects to that. Just that one scene? Yeah. It's there's just it, it's just endless content for it Damn. because it's like there was thousands of people working on it. Yeah. And I'm I'm still obsessed with it. It's like I can't tell where the CG ends and the uh the animatronics begin. It's it's I felt so like crazy. I kind of could. But like it was all really good. Um, you know, it's the it's the TVs. Also they don't they don't uh at that point they didn't crush the blacks like correctly. Like there's you can see like little bits of not like pixelization, but like it's not. It looks like it's superimposed yeah, when it's yeah. CGI. Because I, I I go back on what I said. Because last last night when I was watching it, I was like, oh no, my TV's too good now. I know. Yeah, I was noticing that also because there was like certain like full body shot. I noticed it in that scene, and then also really noticed it in the um, when they were doing like the shot of the Brachiosaurus eating the tree yeah. the first time. Like that didn't look awesome. It looked good, like fine, but it it, it didn't look awesome um and then but, like parts where the draft or where the t-rex was walking across the thing looked kind of weird and then like a couple of shots of the velociraptors jumping up on the tables a lot of those were puppets a lot of them were puppets but there also was some shots that i know i remember one shot where i was like yeah man i wish i had a fucking like 720 yeah exactly I, Fuck, I, I wish this was crt i yeah. do kind of like I, when i watch movies i always forget to think about how they do the effects and it does add like it does make it way more impressive once I do once I start thinking about it. Like 
even if it looks shitty it's like it's fucking 35 years old yeah and that's the thing and like when like the thing with the jurassic park that i think is so good is like the restraint that they showed in the fucking cg and stuff like they used it so sparingly and in spots that you wouldn't notice really had to though oh totally it's really like the the first movie with believable lifelike cg but like i also wish that they kept doing that in current movies because that's kind of what i realized when i was watching jurassic park like it's a movie full of like big exciting set pieces and like this was one of the last movies that for me was able to grab my attention with those because they actually looked fucking like real and like genuinely interesting to look at whereas if you watch like or at least for me when i go back and watch like an avengers movie or something and this isn't a personal attack on you but like, I am, as you know, Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, they're less interesting to look at. And, like, they all look really good. They all look fine. But, like, I can't, like, no, examine no, I, I the totally details as much. And, I, like, it's yeah. it's just a little, like, I don't know. There, there's one shot when uh, I think that uh, Jeff Goldblum is being uh, attacked for the second time when they're putting him in the back of the Jeep. Yeah. Uh, the, the dinosaur, the T-Rex is, like, poking his head in. Yeah. And then uh, the camera pans, and then it's the uh, T-Rex running away in CG. So it's like one shot with like a perfectly made puppet. Yes. And then in the background, uh, like a perfectly CG T-Rex. And like I remember, and now I know what it was because I was watching it on fucking four. I got a real nice ass TV. Fucking rules. <laughs> but I, I only noticed it now. Yeah. After like 25 years of watching this movie. And that's like that. I mean, that really fucking speaks volumes to how well this movie was shot at the time and it's like how long it's held up. Of how many times I think you've watched this movie. I don't know how many times you have watched it, but I feel I'll watch that it once every lot. six months or so. Yeah. I mean, dude, I watched this movie two days in a row and like I could easily fucking watch it three. F- like it's a good movie. Like it, I just like sitting in this world a lot. And I forgot about that. Like how much I watched this as a kid. It's my favorite action movie. It's a really like, yeah. I, I think this is one of the best paced movies I have ever yeah, seen. Yeah, the pacing is another thing that I think people like because Jurassic Park does so many things good that you yes. forget about some of the best things. Yeah. It has the best pacing of any movie. Oh like, yeah, I mean like everybody always talks about the effects, but goddamn the pace! Like they just knew what to do. Like it starts with fucking dropping uh, the the cow or whatever into the into the t-rex enclosure and you just see the leaves rustle and some noises you don't see the monster at all um it was actually a black guy <laughs> what at the beginning of the movie it's not a cow they drop into the it's, oh it it's was a, a guy it's, a, it's a, a black worker it's the movie is a little bit fucked up in Oops. that there's three people who die and two of them are black guys whoops uh-oh, should have addressed that off the top. <laughs> should have apologized. I don't know for if that it's, it's, it's not meant to be problematic. I, I, I don't think that Spielberg... I just assumed it was an animal getting dropped in there. I, I think maybe I'm mixing two scenes up. I think this is I a rare occurrence are. where <laughs> the podcast is more problematic than the movie. <laughs> nice work, Ian. We finally did it. Whoops. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like you start there and then you kind of get to know the characters a little bit and they just like inject just enough action as sporadically as necessary and character too, like, but yeah. And that's yeah. the other thing I was going to get to like, man, the fucking moments of respite that the characters get like after are, are as good as the action as scenes. good. Like, man, you're fucking exhausted by the time the end of the T-Rex sequence. Like, man, you're fucking happy that you're able to get a break in the fucking that, that's what I'm trees saying for a little bit. He does that in all of his movies. Where it's like he gets you to the highs, highest highs and lowest lows. Yes. And so, like, I don't, I don't understand why horror movies even exist, really. Because, like, do you want to feel horror the whole time? 
Because that's not an enjoyable emotion. You don't get to really have any sort of catharsis from it. Yeah, I'm fully with you. I've, I've had that. Yeah, I think that about horror movies, too. Yeah, horror movies are terrible because it's like, oh, this thing is going to try and disgust and revolt and, and terrify me. And it's going to not work. Whereas like, like Jurassic Park, I feel way more trauma. Like I feel way more about it uh, than like every horror movie I've watched combined. Well, yeah. yeah, and horror movies are too easy to predict. You know, like if it's 80s and 90s, it's going to be a weird looking monster. If it's 2000 to 2010s, it's going to be fast jump scares. And if it's Zombies. after 2010, it's going to be slow jump scares. But I feel like this is like a fucking like tense ass thriller movie, which is different to a lot of, you know, like a, a slasher movie is trying to do something different than this or at least scare the I audience know, I know. I'm, I'm, in a different I'm, way. I'm I'm speaking like a really like uh, general generally way. Yeah. no yeah I hear you I just do think that there are horror like I I don't know I no, think I, that there are well paced horror movies but and when you when you compare like when it, when I go on Amazon I'm just like oh, I need to, to watch something and I put on like the remake of Friday the Thirteenth yeah and it's like it's it's like I'll relate this with drawing but like you know when you're trying to draw a hand and you're just going over it and you're trying to you're drawing it incorrectly every single time yeah. It's like that, but with scenes in horror movies, because it's like every single scene is trying to like get you, and it never does. Yeah. So it's like almost completely void of any kind of like merit or like art artistic value. Well, have you ever seen The Purge? That's a cool movie. Oh, you really think that? I don't mind it. Okay. Go on. Well, that's I was just checking. <laughs> um, but I was thinking even The Shining I feel like it's just one note like yeah. it's a cool note but it's it doesn't have like the same sort of like breadth of human emotion that something like Jurassic Park has yeah I mean that that's kind of why I don't really see this as a horror movie like it's like the T-Rex jumping into that building was really the the scary part of it like I can't even really think of too many other scary parts you I mean, like, the, you I thought scared during the T-Rex. I'm not scared of anything. OK. I mean, I thought that first, especially the first T-Rex scene was fucking tense. Like, especially like specifically the, the, the raptors. One, I mean, oh, and that was the other one I was going to say was like the raptors in the kitchen. I thought was very well. I really liked how they introduced that by having like seeing that uh, outline of the raptor uh, in front of the painting of the raptor. That was kind of cool. And yeah. then, like, the, the, you know, all the stuff in the kitchen where she fucking, you know, is the reflections thing. Yeah. Thought that was very tight. Um, you know what I really liked this time was the kids eating food. Yeah, man. That it was just, kind of like. I don't know. It's something about, like, kids just, like, they had a really rough day and then they had some jello. And I'm like, I know it's uh, I know it's common, but you guys just, like, chill out for a minute here. Like, <laughs> I felt like a weird – maybe I'm the creep because, like, I, I felt like, oh, these kids had a really rough day and I want them to have as much, uh, like, cake and stuff as they want. No, I think it's good to have empathy for kids. We, we go on tirades about the way kids get treated all the time, but I also think it's wrong to cuddle them in a tree. Okay. Well, you know what? Politically, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, that that was leads me to another thing that I wanted to say was like how did all these fucking people find time to eat like Dr. Malcolm when he was uh, a, a, when there was a, literally a T-Rex on the loose everything's out of its enclosure he's having a talk to with the lady doctor and he's just like eating a feast of ice cream while all this fucking shit is going on yeah I mean I think that's a sort of a 
maybe it's like a it a might coping be another, mechanism. Well, maybe, but it, I was thinking it might be a thing about the hubris again because it's like, well, this whole crisis is going on around you and you're feeling like you're fulfilling your own needs instead of like trying to do anything and also they're not even real needs they're superficial needs you know yeah that's a good take i I don't really understand what you're talking about though Gian. oh i just thought it was very funny like the amount of fucking i'm just saying like if i was in a situation where there was dinosaurs everywhere i wouldn't want to eat ice cream i wouldn't have time museum i wouldn't be hungry I'd have a lot on my plate. None of it would be ice cream. Every time I go to the dinosaur museum, I'm like, I'll get a bowl instead of a plate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, guess I assume that a lot of people were eating off screen. I don't. I don't think of that as like a critique of the movie. Oh, it's not a critique of a movie. <laughs> it's I don't just think more like, like, why, why isn't everyone hungry? No, this is where Ian's trying to transition You're just projecting your joke. inner fat kid on all the characters. I mean, yeah. <laughs> But also, like, why? I don't know. We're trying to switch to a bit here, Simon. Oh, sorry. I'm uh, going literal. (laughs) (laughs) This show is very uh, subtle. Let me just segue uh, between fact and bit. Flip my spinny hat. Yeah. yeah. Do up your suspenders a little tighter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I like that. You know what I would really like, though? Is um, another movie in, like, the Jurassic World universe. I'd like just a movie that's set at Jurassic Park. Like, I don't want the dinosaurs to escape. I'd like a, you know, a little rom-com. A couple, a young couple goes out to Jurassic Park. They have a lovely time together. They look at some dinosaurs. Nothing, nothing goes wrong. What about Do you have that fantasy too? Because I, I, I remember when I was like 13 or so and I'd be watching movies. I'd always be fantasizing about zero conflict in the movie. Yeah, man. That's all I've ever wanted in a movie. It's just for like, it's 90 minutes of people having like a really good day. And then like, you know, it ends good. Or like something's about to happen. Like, oh, I heard that house is haunted. Uh, We should go investigate. I'll give you $400 if you do it. Like, no, I'm actually doing well financially. And then just <laughs> go back. <laughs> I yeah. want a movie that's just about guys hanging out. You, that's always what I've wanted. Just like somebody shows up to someone's apartment. It's not very clean. They both eat a cheese sandwich. They do they, a little podcast. They fucking pass a little jewel around. You know what I mean? They crack a couple jokes. Every, no one's worse You're for the You're literally describing a podcast right now. Yeah, but it's a movie that I'm. It's I- ninety ideaing, minutes long. Ideaing, you know, in my if mind. you had a video element to this, it would be like a little movie, guys. No, it wouldn't because it wouldn't be professionally lit. That was the other problem with our video <laughs> set. <setup. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have to go to the bathroom. Uh, you want to hear another hot take on movies that I've had uh, for the past couple years? It's been slowly forming in my mind yeah. and bothering me. Is that I don't think I like good lighting in movies. What's like, but what? So, what do you like? Bad lighting? No, uh, let me explain. Like, I think that it's somewhere along the line between like uh, the the 70s and now, uh, cinematographers sort of took over the art of cinema. Like, British uh, amazing photographers, people who can really like make great images, really well lit, where you see everything, you know what it is, and uh the color palettes are immaculate and stuff and that's Mm -hmm. that's every movie you see right totally but another one of the best experiences i've ever had watching movies was blair witch project yeah which looks horrible yeah and really like the if that looked better it would be worse that's true and there's i i have a lot of friends who are like uh, great directors of photography and stuff but once they kind of took the reins of cinema i feel like things 
they that became too prominent. Like I think it's important, but I I would prefer a a movie to kind of look shitty. Like I like I like found footage. I think I I would mind any movie being found footage. I wouldn't mind Jurassic Park being found footage. Honestly, yeah. I mean for me the only thing I hate about found footage is typically the camera work, but like. I don't know. Even then, there's a way to do that not obnoxiously. But I definitely get what you're saying about the lighting, and I kind of feel like that relates to what I was saying before about how, um, you know, CG just looks too fucking good now. Yeah, like, I think I think it goes across the board. It's just everything looks too good. Everything looks too good, and it's, like, not interesting anymore. Because, like, for me, part of why I like watching bad movies or older movies especially is because I, I, I like to enjoy the story but also, like, be looking at everything and think, like, wow, how, how did they do that? And if I can, like, be mystified, then that's awesome. Or if I can, like, look and see, like, oh, I think they might be using puppetry there or something. Like, that is also awesome. Um, and, like, now where it's just like, oh, I know they did a, did that with computers. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just like it, it takes it takes a little, you know, it takes a little part of why I like movies so much out of it for me. Like, it's not just about the story and making everything look perfect. It's about all the imperfections and it's, it's how you're like, fucking doing it like that's it's cool. probably problematic for me to say but it's, it's, it's something that like uh people are in there and it's not autism but it's like that the part of you that is autistic where you just want to touch something yeah like you want to be able to feel like you could touch well, that's why i like puppets so much i'm just normal you don't you don't feel like you want to uh like the textile uh like the, the texture of something like it really like speaks to me for some reason no, I just want stuff normal guys would want. Okay. Is that why you like puppets so much, though? That is, yeah. I mean, like, I, uh, there's lots of ways to communicate ideas, but, like, with puppets, there's something, like, so inhuman or, like, uh, uncanny. The uncanny valley actually speaks to making it more interesting and more, like, uh, more immersive. That's what I liked about the old horror movies we watched at the start of this podcast is just how cool it was to know that it was practical effects yeah. instead of CG. And just, um, I don't know, like how realistic it still looked. Yeah, I mean, like that's that was my favorite part of Hellraiser is like even the most elaborate set pieces in that are all practical effects. And you're like, are you sure that's not CG? And then you see the CG lightning bolts that they do and they're like, oh, that <laughs> it was not CG. Yeah, they should have done practical lightning <laughs> bolts. You know, one of the best uh, practical effects movies that nobody's watched is uh, The Gate. There's like... Uh, on the level of Jurassic Park practical effects where really? like uh, there's this uh, I think monster he falls down and then he becomes like a dozen other like smaller monsters and it's just like two three seconds but Damn. when you see it you're like did that actually fucking happen like that's how good special effects could be where like your brain is actually tricked and I just wish that like we funneled money into that like I'd love to see what like Tom Savini could do with a fucking Avengers budget that would be amazing oh my god Oh my god! With uh, just all the fucking Avengers getting their faces ripped yeah, off. Yeah, and like you know, imagine how much worse Iron Man's death scene would have been. Yeah. All his guts coming out or something. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all like, I'm I'm shriveling because I secretly like love all the Avengers movies <laughs> so much. <laughs> it hurts so bad. Yeah. But imagine be. how much better Tom, it, they'd be if Tom Savini was involved and they had an R rating. Yeah, I mean, I, I bet you that will happen. Yeah, imagine Wonder Woman 1985, but it's R-rated. 
I mean, I think it could nice. happen. It seems like um, Mandalorian had a bit of a switch to um, so like they obviously had CG and shit, but they had like they Baby Yoda was a puppet and like they definitely yeah. had a lot more practical effects than that. I don't, I don't know any Star babies Wars. who watch that show. I know a lot of uh, people sort of trapped in the perpetual state of adolescence who like that show, who can watch swear words and super violence and stuff. Yeah. And so, like, I bet you there will be, like, I think Deadpool's going to be, uh, I mean, Deadpool was R-rated, and it was for kids secretly. So, like, for this generation, of like, I like all the same stuff that I liked as a kid, and I, all my friends do, too. So, it's like, that's just what's, what it's going to be, probably. Like, I mean, I, I really hope so. Because it seems, like, so easy for it to not be like that. And you can still make millions and millions of dollars. If you're just yeah. putting out fucking CGI, whatever. I just hope somebody writes a new movie. I, I'm getting real sick of the fucking the horniness for remakes. You guys with me or are you not with me? I uh, mean, yeah, I don't know. I just haven't seen like a big studio movie in a long time. That's been fun. Like I, that kind of made me think like why I because I think that the last one of the last ones I watched or the last ones I was excited for was Jurassic World. Yeah, and that oh, movie that was... fucking sucked. Oh my god, that lady who was babysitting the kids and just gets dunked into the water. I legitimately thought a plot point in that movie was that she was going to turn out to be an android later, and it turned out she was just a bad actress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the fuck was happened to that lady? Like, I think that there's some problem with that director where he's just like, we need to have like a really gruesome death, but we don't hate anybody in the movie well enough. And so, like, you have this weird like karmic justice in your brain about movies where it's like, when somebody's really bad, they get a really bad death. It's like some lady who's like mildly uh, irksome. Yeah. And she gets the most horrifying death in movie history. They just needed they needed a sacrifice. Yeah. And, but that was another movie that was super fucking boring to look at, too. Like, I don't know. I love looking at the dinosaurs, especially the close ups of the T-Rex, looking at all the fucking details and intricacies of the skin and like the way the pupils dilate when they shine the light on it. Like all that was sick. And it was That'd just be so funny. if Jeff Goldblum put a little bit of water on the T-Rex's skin. <laughs> you go any way that you want. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it was just soulless in this movie or in Jurassic World. Yeah. I, Jurassic, I, gonna... I think there's a there's a third Jurassic World coming out and that's going to have all of the. I, I told you all the actors from this movie in it and I've, I couldn't be less interested. It's, it's, it's literally my favorite movie. Uh, actually this, uh, YouTuber Patrick H. Willems has a really great video about how there's no way to make a good Jurassic park sequel. Yeah. I mean, there's because no way to make a good sequel for half the shit they're making. Let sequels. me, let me finish. Let me finish. They, uh, because there's no good reason to go back to the Island after that shit happened. And it's like they've done it four, four or five different times where it's just yeah. like, uh, but we'll give you money if you go back. It's like it, you're certain death if you go back. You know, I didn't actually mind like the sequel. I didn't mind. I thought Jurassic Park 2 was a decent movie. Oh, yeah. I love uh, Lost World. I thought that was a, like that had good reasoning behind because what did they what was the reason for why they went uh, his, back to that his one? girlfriend was there and he wanted to go save. Yeah, her. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but then it all fucks up and the T-Rex gets like brought back to the, uh, America and then he like stomps yeah. around the neighborhoods. That was awesome. That's exactly what we needed in a Jurassic Park sequel was to bring the dinosaur. And honestly, your idea of having like the dinosaurs swim over. That's a better idea. That's than a good idea, man. Give you <laughs> Just give all the dinosaurs I, swimming lessons. I had 
heard of these remake premises before. I haven't seen any of them, but yeah, my idea is better than we'll give you money to go back. Because that's the literally yeah. the only progression of this yeah, movie. Yeah, Jurassic in my Park eyes. Three, and I think there's like. I don't know. They're, they're, they're going to keep going and it's going to be like, oh, we clubbed uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum over the back of the head and then brought him to the island. You know, yeah, another yeah. one that I think would be good is like they're on a plane flying to a different island because they've heard rumors of some sort of activity. <laughs> and then the plane <laughs> crashes into Jurassic Park. And then it's like a survivor. Oh, my God. Jurassic Park thing. wealthy elites like yeah. it's Hillary that would Clinton, be good. Jeffrey Epstein. Chris Tucker, <laughs> the Lolita Steven Express, Spielberg. and then the movie's directed by Bill Gates. Oh, nice. Uh, well, that's a that's that's the a really really good sequel. <laughs> and to that's Jurassic the progressive Park. remake of yeah. this bad boy. Uh, you spell J E U J E W. Finish this word now. Don't R R A S S I K. Oh. Well, no, I wouldn't call it. A guy like Kean probably would, but I'm I have different sensibilities. Oh, uh, I, I, I think I just spelt it incorrectly. No, I think you got it right. I think you got it right for what you were trying to do. The National Socialist Podcast. <laughs> um, you guys are pussies. About what? Nah, you never mind. <laughs> because we don't want to riff on Jurassic Park. <laughs> hey, what about this? Wait, that's what it's spelled. <laughs> what if the park, right? Okay, hear me out. Was run by the Rothschilds, and instead of a park, it's a bank, and instead of on a private island, it's in Manhattan, and instead of the guy being an allegory for Jeffrey Epstein, he is Jeffrey Epstein, and also it's Citibank, and also it's a documentary. <laughs> that's and instead of a movie, it's, it's called, just me but it's not called being Jurassic able to take up my mind. Oh, sorry, I talked over you. What'd you say? It's still called Jurassic Park. Okay, that's okay. Uh, I'd like to clear something up about the ending. So, it's the kids who save the day, right? Yeah, that's the one part of the movie that really bothers me still. Me is, too, uh, man. That, uh, that bitch when she's like, uh, Linux, I know this. That 10-year-old bitch. Well, I think they're yeah. probably going for uh, like a message with that, right? What Your children are? I, I mean, future. I can't really relate it to the. I guess like uh, the the fact that she's young and she knows more about science than all. Well, these no, because it's just supposed. It's a to me. It's supposed to be a story like a fucking whatever it's called for the world ending, and it's like they're pitching like, oh, the the kids are gonna save the world. But oh, it's maybe like, we're not. We're I thought busy. it was just supposed to be like exciting for the kids watching it, but like. And like I'm not like when I was a kid, because I was I always felt like when I was a kid, I'd be like, man, they should let me take a whack at these world issues. I'd solve them in 30 seconds. I still feel like that. And then I, I, I never felt like that. False confidence from this movie. Because um, like, come on, fucking Samuel. L. Imagine how insulting that is to Samuel L. Jackson's character, the guy who works here and couldn't figure that shit out. He died for this computer prog- problem. And now all of a sudden, some lady yeah, what, what, just shows the up. The main theme of the movie is we should replace black workers with 10-year-old girls. You think that's what Jurassic Park is about? <laughs> it's one of the many themes. <laughs> Dinosaurs is just one of the themes. <laughs> yeah, the themes get progressively darker. Yeah. <laughs> progressively less progressive. Um, what do you think this movie taught our parents? Believe in yourself. You're going to save the world. Yeah, I don't know. Man, I fucking loved all the props in this movie. What do you mean? 
I just thought everything was so well designed and it set like such a fun, I guess, cohesive like tone almost like the Jeep specifically. God, I fucking loved how they looked, especially like how they had the difference between the gas and the electric ones, how the electric ones were kind of like the tour Jeeps, you know, and they had like the glass roofs on the top and like little info screens. Like it was just very well thought through. They did have merch. That's why I feel like Jurassic Park is also sort of a metaphor for itself, too, because it's like. It became commer- like it. The idea of Jurassic Park became so commercialized and became so ubiquitous in culture that it's like I had a Jurassic Park lunchbox, but they had Jurassic Park lunchboxes in the movie, knowing yeah. what it was going to be. So it's like there's this meta element to Jurassic Park that like really, uh, it, that's way before uh, like meta became like super popular in the mid aughts. Well, but I just wish because that's like such almost like a symbiotic way for studios to fucking make m- movies and also like capitalize on them uh but also like still make tight movies because like now whenever a studio wants to like sell merch of a movie instead of just like doing it the jurassic world route where they set up you know a very realistic feeling world and having items in that world that you could get in real life like it's unobtrusive and i would actually want that shit like i want a jeep from jurassic park i'd if jeep sold one i would forget about all the bad things i've said about that company and buy a jeep but like I think it's the same thing with uh, wanting the world to end inside of movies and also wanting to save the world inside of movies where it's like you want your cake and you want to eat it too. Uh, but you want to see like, uh, and that's w- again, uh, why Spielberg is so brilliant is that he saw how wondrous the idea of Jurassic park was inside of Jurassic park. Yes, exactly. And like so many other uh, people miss that, especially like Disney movies recently. I mean, like look at the new star Wars uh, they could have made so much fucking cool merch off that. You could, they could have just made guns, and I would have bought those guns that looked like the guns from Star Wars. When are we going to get consumer guns? But like <laughs> themed guns. <laughs> but now, uh, you know, it's like whenever they want to sell merch, they just like make a cute character or whatever. And I have like some uh, merch idea for you guys. Like that. I mean, I your parents watch this gun merch. We already Little sell holsters. swords, so that'll go perfect. Yeah, we sell knives. We resell <laughs> knives. Is what we do. There's this gas station down the street where we get all our knives, and then we sell those knives. And just like a little, little, uh, little thumb sticker of just like Keen and Brad, just on the holster. Well, nope. we write it in Sharpie on the blade. Nice. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I, I um. I th- I have a conspiracy theory that the Mandalorian was written to sell Baby Yoda dolls to kids. What do you think? I mean, kind of yes. I don't know if that's really a conspiracy theory because it's like, re- re- like clearly what actually happened. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't watch it, but uh, I think that like movies are going in the direction of stuffed animals instead of like getting you into the story, and that's why you want it. You know, it's like more of a I don't think that's a now. recent thing, though. Like, that's happened, uh, like, s- since, like, My Little Pony and, like, it's, uh, it, Gremlins. It, it just feels like the lazy way to make merch That's and, like, capitalize on your movie. You're right, though. Um, it has been going on forever, yeah. Yeah, it's been going on forever, but I just wish that people were able to see, like, how successful Jurassic Park was from, like, a marketing perspective and then also just, like, a critical perspective. But and it, do it's, some more it's shit commenting like that. and critiquing that culture while also completely embracing it, which is part of the reason I think this is a, uh, a really like a boomer movie. Yeah. It has no real principles. It's just like, no, oh, yeah, look at all this right. stuff. And as you said, where you're like, everything got saved at the end. So it's really not saying anything. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's just a piece of art. Like it doesn't have to change mm-hmm. anything. 
And, but that, I feel like that boomers were more comfortable with that. Yes. Yeah, probably. Um, and I agree, I agree that art doesn't have to say or change anything. I just think that it's sort of lame when it tries and then backs out. But do you think that Jurassic Park ever tried? Or, like, do you think that there were parts of that? I do think it's clearly trying with the hubris message. Yeah, because, I mean, that's definitely... Like, I mean, there were so many times uh, in this one uh, where, like, they were supposed to shut shit down earlier, but, John or like, the white suit man didn't want to because money or, you know, some reason apart from that. But... Well, uh, okay, Brad, would that make the movie a better movie? I don't think it would. Uh, I've been on record but it would make saying it a braver this movie. I just think like, it would make it better. I don't art. go to movies to see brave things. I don't see that like or the filmmakers to be brave. Yeah, I go that, to Jurassic Park to be Jurassic Park. Yeah, and that's uh, that's like a con- that's like a hypocritical belief I have because I agree. Like I don't think it has to. I just think if it's going to try, why not fucking give her? But I also understand that that would make more movies into nothing but propaganda, and I think propaganda yeah. is bad. Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, I mean, like, this isn't a movie that you're going to get any real concrete lessons from. But, like, you are going to have an awesome time for two hours. It is a dope-ass movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I don't don't think the last time... I can't think of a a time when I watched a movie and it it genuinely changed my mind. Even when I watch, like, something like Seaspiracy, it's like, I don't... If it doesn't, I'll, I'll look into it. I like that's the best thing is that I'll maybe look into it. Yeah. But the the reason why Jurassic Park did make uh, is still my favorite movie is because it's the first time I think in my life where uh, my brain was thinking about the confluence between uh, very primal, stupid thinking like greed or uh, the, even like the need to survive mixed with this like uh, genetic technology or just like out of this world science fiction. Mm. And that's in my mind is like that's every movie that I love now still is is that it's like even the Avengers or uh, Akira is a really good example of uh, science fiction and somebody with an inferiority complex Mm -hmm. just going through the steps of evolution into like the 300th century or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And that's that's what makes Jurassic Park so uh, meaningful to me is that like that. The the, the 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 yin and the yang of of those two things of like who we are and who we want to be yeah and don't mix yeah i agree with you i um i also like i agree also when you said that um movies don't change people i don't think a movie has made someone rethink their position or at least not many movies do that um has any, sorry, has any piece of media changed that. your opinion on something or like changed who you are as a guy? Oh, can I say where I was going with that? Yep. Sorry. I just think that a lot of my generation and a lot of the woke millennial like team, they they do treat movies like they can change something. Like people give movies too much weight. So I th- yeah. I think it's important to say that hey, if we're going to be making weight movies, we should try to like give yeah. it actual weight. but here's what you guys are doing and this is an attack on you guys uh you're doing that but with irony poisoning absolutely now with uh your take on like lex and the other kid it's like oh man maybe this movie is problematic and maybe jurassic park isn't as good as i thought because of this uh completely benign thing that didn't actually wasn't meant to be weird but it kind of feels weird now i'm not i mean i'm not trying to negate anything from jurassic park because of that 
He's well, I'm not saying children. you are. I'm just saying like, like it's so in, like in you to want to ruin things from oh, the yeah. past. And I feel it too. I feel it all the time. I love ruining shit from the past. But it's like you can't not do it sometimes. Like yeah, that's why I called myself hypocritical earlier. Yeah, we do this shit, but also podcasts aren't supposed to be a hundred percent honest and truthful. And I think like we're very clear to. about that on our show. Yeah, we lie on here. In case anyone hadn't caught that yet, <laughs> we do lies. Yeah, it, it is weird because I wonder. Like, I, I watch a lot of video essays, and it's like some of these people are fucking stupid, and it's just like they're trying to elevate themselves over what. Uh, like mass media and, and like what culture has been over the past like like hundred years or so, and the 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 takes are just weird. It's like yeah, uh, this one bitch, goddamn, uh, I think Maggie May Fish or something. She had this uh, video essay that was like three, probably like thirty minutes, and her take was like Rob Schneider isn't funny. Well, like, I, you don't need 30 like, minutes to say that. You just need to watch five minutes of his stand-up, really. But she just wanted to, like, uh, she wanted an easy target. And she's, like, a Second City, uh, like, improviser. And she wanted mm -hmm. to, like, try out her voices. And it was clearly, like, to elevate herself above Rob yeah, Schneider. Yeah. Re, uh, like, tell the audience, like, why Rob Schneider isn't funny. And I'm also going to do it with my crazy accents and also... Uh, now I'm a British person. And she's doing, like, all these... It's, like, a, a piece of art that she made. That is terrible, but it's really to just demonstrate that she is better than Rob Schneider. Yes. And like, even though she doesn't say that, the the whole video is is just like the conclusion is like, man, she should be in movies instead of that Rob Schneider. Well, that's what like so much of like the uh, hard criticism on like, oh man, I forget. Uh, did you see that when, when everyone was going off on Sia's movie about autism? What is it? It, I mean, it was bad. I think it was called The Sound of Music or something. It's about, like, an autistic uh, teenager who, like, listens to music and it opens them up or something. Um, but it was really, really – it got it got a lot of flack on Twitter because she uh, didn't hire a, 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 an actress with autism for the role. And so a lot of people who did have autism were going after her and being like, oh, my, this is so bad. Like, you shouldn't have done this. Like, I'm an actress and I have autism. Like, you could have talked to me. And then she would be like, uh, maybe you're just a bad actor. Yeah. Uh, which I loved that response. Uh, movie, like, you should watch that trailer because it is, like, an uncomfortable trailer to watch. But um, Yeah, there's this – oh, man, do you want to um, talk shit about comics? Well, yeah. first there's, of all, though, oh. I want to talk about the video essay thing because I do think um, – that is part of what we do on this podcast, absolutely. Um, but I, th I think it's important to, like, question it also. Like, question yourself. Because there are some old pieces of media that you are better than, I, I think. It's I mean, fair to say. I yeah, no doubt. But I, I think that you have to one example. acknowledge, like, the biological reasons why people are doing it, too. Yeah. And yes. I think I do let myself forget that. It's very interesting. And try to hold that in my brain as we keep doing it. Yeah. But also, I do think that it's worthwhile to go through and, like, talk shit about these, um, you know, pieces of media that have had such a lasting impact on our culture. And it's been especially... No, no doubt. I'm not, I'm not attacking the, the premise of the podcast. Well, we'll attack you if you come even close to attacking well, the I premise just, of the podcast. I just think we should talk about... <laughs> Great debate technique. <laughs> well, I, I think if you we don't should... like things I say, I will fight you. <laughs> <laughs> I just think we should talk about it because... 
obviously it would be very hypocritical to just brush that under the rug oh, after it totally, could be so totally. easily applied to us. But uh, yeah, I also feel like our motivations for talking shit about things can be. I, I I feel like a lot of it comes down to what your motivation is, and I think that for some people it's, you know, in the Sia case, it's trying to be on a movie instead of an other actress. And in our case, it's literally just trying to fill time to do a podcast. Yeah, you you guys are funny. Like, that's the main thing is, like, s- those people trying to – those autistic people trying to get a role in a movie are not funny. Well, I'm sure a lot of them know how to write jokes perfectly, actually. Yeah, just like, like, a, <laughs> like a train engine. <laughs> uh, the, the, the thing I was, I was thinking about yesterday was, like, there's this comic named Alice Wetterland who actually performed at Empress. Like, I, uh, Yeah, she's friends with Charles. They oh. talk on the phone. Really? She's a fucking monster. <laughs> <laughs> She's like absolute pure evil. She was like so she, I've never met a rooter and I'll never dox like a, a comedian about yeah. anything, but she is horrible. <laughs> horribly rude to me. And then like I don't know, I, I just saw her on Twitter at one point and she's she was on uh, Silicon Valley. She was, yeah, that's how I'm familiar with it. And her. then she she called out every single member of the cast as being like with toxic masculinity and Mike Judge and you know what you can't have these creators just going out and being rude to people and not being nice to Alice Wetterland. But she w- waited until her character had a full arc on that TV show to. Yeah, it's like you got a fucking <laughs> job and shit. And then uh, just recently, after the Tony Hinchcliffe thing happened, she was like, uh, "I've actually messaged all of Tony Hinchcliffe's like uh, former dates that have dropped him." And I am now going and I am going to see if I can get those dates. <laughs> Man, what a loser. Here's the thing is like it's good. I think it's good to cancel bad people. I, I, uh, I'm not an anti cancel culture guy. I'm a pro cancel culture guy. Fucking get him out of there. Get a big gun or whatever. But I think that if you're going to start calling shit out, you have to also shit on yourself because we all know that like you're not not problematic. I think it's fair yeah. to admit that we all know we're a little problematic. Yeah, but it's the the, the careerism and the narcissism and the like, oh, I'm taking this away from you and I'm giving it to myself. That's the thing that that makes me crazy. Like, well, because then you can really doing something for society. Yeah, well, because then you can kind of see through what they're doing, which is not trying to, you know, help out marginalized communities. Exactly. It's uh, take down this guy who's getting work. So now I can get work. Yeah. Isn't it crazy how we can better society by giving me more jobs? Yeah. It's like Like it's it's so transparent. (laughs) If you really wanted to help out the Asian community, like why not recommend a select few of your, you know, POC comedians friends to do those fucking because those people don't have POC friends they got op-ed writer and that's the larger point I'm getting (laughs) at here is that it's all a fucking charade but um yeah I don't know it's just important to like realize that about yourself because that's how you fall into the fucking trap like this lady didn't start by doing this she started by being a little more like us you know a little self-aware and then gradually getting less and less and uh, going more into the craziness. I but think. Yeah. Yeah. Self-awareness, I think, is the only thing that this generation has on previous ones. Yeah, but I'd argue that uh, a lot of us think we have it and don't. Like, I, I flip-flop between yeah. if I have it or not. Yeah, self-awareness more is decoration. Like, uh, TikTok self-awareness, like, I'm really going out like this. And it's you look really great. like, it's defensive self-awareness, I think. Like, we do it... Yeah. We do it in the same way. Uh, I'm sorry, but we do it in the same way that Eminem would diss himself on songs. You know, it's just so that people think we know what is wrong with us. 
instead of like because we're all terrified of being called out now. yeah i don't know i mean i also i think a lot of people i know have just kind of channeled their mental illness into being hyper self-aware of themselves and everything around them yeah that's that's what it's irony poisoning too that's yeah. uh, probably what happened with me where like i became almost self-aware to the point where like i'm not self-aware oh me too yeah just absolutely like getting trying to become self-aware and making yourself insecure by accident is that what you mean yeah because yeah. that's what i've done yeah it's a uh, we should have a we should make a movie called self-aware park we should make a movie called sad whites and it's just us riding our unicycles crying Do you not want to hear about self-aware park oh sorry it's uh it's just like jurassic park but all the dinosaurs are like like posting like really cool stuff on twitter a lot <laughs> <laughs> the dinosaurs cancel the scientist <laughs> <laughs> because they're all trans they have like blue hair and nose rings yep nobody wants to get on board I with don't the dinosaurs do this bit with just when you think you're out i drag you back in <laughs> transrassic park <laughs> Yeah, it, a funny remake of this movie would be if the dinosaurs got all self-righteous about this guy, like maybe after they okay, get their first keep going. Murder. Sounds like you're getting on bullshit. <laughs> so, the, okay, here's what I'm pitching. The dinosaurs kill both kids, right? And then they're like, uh, they get into their cave after that because they can't escape the park. And they're like, man, we wouldn't have had to kill those kids if this fucking guy would just let us out. Somebody should get on Twitter and say that. And then the whole movie is about them figuring out how to warm up their hands enough to post. Because, you know, you can't type with gloves on. That's because of body heat. And, you know, lizards, they have cold blood. In the third act of Translastic Park. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes a science movie. Again. <laughs> that was it. That was, uh, is the podcast over? Uh, I don't know. Well, it's winding it down. Like Let me check my notes like here. We're getting there. You got I'm, anything I'm else? Fun. You guys, uh, can we just like talk about regular stuff now? Yep. So what other movies are you watching? None. I watched a, a really, really good movie a couple of weeks ago called Predestination. Yeah. Okay. Can I just explain the whole plot of the movie to you? Yeah. Spoil this bitch. Okay. So it starts with this, uh, a guy in like a fedora and he's like, uh, runs in to try and stop a bomb in a basement and he comes back and, uh, he it explodes, it destroys his face and then they rebuild his face and he's Ethan Hawke afterwards. Good for him. And so Ethan Hawke is like, Oh, what, what happened? And, uh, one of the like scientists that he works with is like, all right, you're actually a time travel guy that you have to go back and you have to go and change the past after what happened. And he's like, okay. And uh, so he's like, he gets his job and he's like working as a bartender. And then this like weird trans person comes in and like trans, like I don't mean like we trans people are weird. I mean like it was uh, the Shiv from Succession. Yeah. Comes in and but she's like dressed like a boy and she's like uh, wearing like a fedora. Oh, I f and was it at the bar? No, let, let me let me explain. It. It's so cool. Okay, okay. So uh, Ethan Hawke is like, ah, so tell me your story. And she's like, or he he's like, oh my god, it's a crazy story. You know, I was uh, in school. I really wanted to get be like a, a really smart person. It didn't work out. And then uh, while I was in school, there was this person who came in and this really hot guy just knew me so well. He ended up having sex with me and I became pregnant and he just completely ruined my life. I want to destroy him and kill him forever. I, everything about him is the worst. Mm -hmm. And 
uh, Ethan Hawke's like, oh, that's a crazy story. And then that while uh, Shiv from Succession is like talking, he's like, uh, Shiv from Succession is like, so what happened was uh, when the baby came out of me, it destroyed my fe- my uh, uterus, like the inside of my, my vagina, but I'm actually hermaphrodite. And because I'm a hermaphrodite, I actually have male genitals tucked in there. So they just took out the male genitals. And now I'm a, I'm a man. And so Ethan Hawke's like, oh, my God, that is crazy. That is real, real crazy. Um, do you want to go time traveling with me? <laughs> and so Ethan Hawke takes uh, Shiv from success in time traveling. And she, mm-hmm. he's like, okay, this is your first job. Uh, do you want to go uh, check out that uh, girl over there? And the girl over there was her. Yeah. So he has sex with her. Shiv has, uh, as a man, has sex with Shiv as a girl. And then she has her own baby, right? And so then she's like time traveling and stuff. She goes crazy. There's like, I don't know, some weird person bombing everything uh, throughout time, like throughout different moments and sections of time. And so Shiv from Succession uh, has to leave. Uh, she can't like be the father to her own child. Yeah. And so then Shiv from Succession ends up uh, getting her face blown off and becoming Ethan Hawke from the first part of the movie. Oh, fuck. And the baby, the baby also, uh, I didn't mention, got stolen after she had it. And that was her. Damn. Yeah, that movie sounds like it would suck. Um, Is the podcast (laughs) actually over? (laughs) Uh, Because I got one more thing in my notes here. Okay, give me that. Also, the bomber was also Ethan Hawke. Never mind. The last thing in my notes. Hold on. I got one more thing in my notes here. Say it. It's uh, yo, how do they make that T Rex? That shit looks real as hell. Can you answer that, Simon? No, that was good. <laughs> I thought that'd be a funny bit to do. Also, wouldn't a dinosaur be scared of cars? <laughs> like, it just eats this car. <laughs> yeah, that they should have just driven the car, and it wouldn't be like, "Whoa, what the fuck!" They, well, there's a point like, where run it just into the tree. Car, and it's like, <laughs> the, the dinosaurs were scared of bicycles. <laughs> it should. Dinosaurs should have been scared of anything that wasn't invented by the because it also comes in and fucks up all the computers, and it's like, well, you think it would have been afraid of the computers? It's. Computers should be stronger than dinosaurs. We've had thousands of years to develop them. You know, like I feel like a dinosaur should be a better Bitcoin miner than a computer. Right? A dinosaur should go down into the mines with its little big fucking mouth and just. Yeah, I don't know how Bitcoin mining works, but I think it just bites the wall until some comes out. I do like the idea of a scared dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, like, since it hadn't seen lights at night, you know, the headlights would have fucked it up or something. It would have thought it was like an evil Yeah, dog. just lights at night. The dinosaur was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Lights at night. What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> How much shorter would that movie be? <laughs> well, the thing about animals is they're all bitches, dude. They're scared of everything. You can clap at a dog and it'll run away. Yeah, that's like, the thing. You find out the weakness to the T-Rex is uh, turned on vacuum cleaner. Yeah, just snapping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, what are they doing there? That would be a good progressive remake, actually, is if the T-Rex gets out and then the scientist just chases them around with a running vacuum. And then they change sciences. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Simon, they do in your podcast. It's not in my podcast. It's in the movie that they in become. Simon's canon. In, in Simon's <laughs> canon of Simon's Jurassic canon. Park. Simon's fan fiction. <laughs> 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 the fact that you guys aren't didn't watch the movie correctly and don't know that all of the uh, dinosaurs changed their sex 
is more telling about you than me. No, I think it's more telling that you were the guy who was like watching the cool dinosaur movie being like, but how did they become a boy? <laughs> that is an interesting thing that happens. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm just too busy thinking about Tyrannosaurus Rexes and Simon's Velociraptors <laughs> to be considering their sexuality. Not even in even the movie, just seconds. when you're like sitting in public. Yeah, just when I'm out and about. <laughs> Simon's only wondering how just they Sitting on a bench, quietly nodding to yourself, thinking about T-Rex. <laughs> Simon's only wondering how they became a boy because he's trying to figure out how to become a man. <laughs> that is so mean. That is actually so mean right now. Sorry. Uh, um, Listen, I brought my, my overalls or what, what was it? Suspenders? Suspenders, your propeller beanie. <laughs> <laughs> propeller beanie? <laughs> and um, your glasses with a strap that go around the back, <laughs> connecting them to your head. We've already established that all these things you say about me have to now be true. <laughs> yeah, you also have a miner's headlamp on, <laughs> just in case you feel like reading one of your Wait, picture the miner's books. headlamp on the propeller beanie? Yeah. Yeah, 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 just in case you feel like reading one of your picture books on the bus when it gets dark. <laughs> <laughs> Simon's the only comedian who brings picture books to the shows to entertain. I'm just imagining me on the bus and it's like a little bit dark. I'm like, hey, just in case. You go sit beside a woman and you're like, you need some 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 help over here. Shine it right in her face. Someone's like looking for their keys in their bag. You're like, allow me. Let me help. I got this. You put it on their head. <laughs> then I'm in the dark and get lost. <laughs> Start crying. <laughs> you don't have a cell phone. Um, yeah, I mean, the only other thing I have is I thought it was funny when the Velociraptor was confronting uh, that guy near the end and he was trying to tell him that he didn't have any food, like in the same way that I tell people on the street I don't have any change late at night. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, just believe me, please. Come on. Don't. I know you can hear my pockets He's a jingling. consummate New Yorker. He's like, get out of here. <laughs> I'm hey, walking here. I'm not, not, not going to just give you money. Yeah, I got change, but I need it for this fucking pastrami. <laughs> I need it to go to, I'm going to get a pastrami at the laundromat and I'm going to toast it in the dryer. If I give you change now, That's how am New I going to take the baby. L train later? That's New York culture. You use your dryer as your toaster because you don't got room for one in your apartment. It's Rochester culture. It's just the way we do. It's New York City and never call it Rochester That's how we do in my it in New York. Again. Rochester, New York? <laughs> hey, Rochester. They, you know where Rooster, I'm from? New York. Going Rochester. Uh, have you guys been to Raw Dog, New York? <laughs> <laughs> you guys been to having sex without a condom in New York? Yeah, it's a borough of having sex without a condom in New York. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, that's the show. Yeah. More like capitalism. That's. And if you want to hear about Simon talking about trans dinosaurs, uh, book him to draw caricatures for your party. For your <laughs> children's party. Yeah. Book me for your, your 11-year-old children's party. Simon, Simon does kids' parties. Simon does government events. Every, yeah, just speeches. All, all types of, uh, you know, He goes on the settings. news. I go on the news. I yeah. talk about the, the, the problems with... The problematic, I'm like the Jordan Peterson of dinosaurs. <laughs> Simon's like, yeah, Simon's like the uh, intellectual dark web of caricatures and dinosaurs and puppets. Uh, yeah, this has been Your Parents Watch This. We've been brought to you by Comedy Here Often and also those ads that played, if they did, maybe they didn't. Uh, I think they did. 
They might not have. I still like to check, and I, sometimes I'll listen to only the ads on our podcast just so we get that sweet, sweet revenue. Yeah? Yep. And I expect you to do the same. Well, you I don't. Try but to make I've a been deal with host. Pharaoh or somebody, too. Yeah, I've been your host, Vagin. No, what was it? I've been your host, Vagil Maryland, here with Kean Beatty and... Uh, old Simon Glassman. Young Simon show. Glassman. He's nine years old. Thanks for listening.